All righty, folks. Welcome back here on Trainwreck tonight. 318, sponsored by Outlet Liquor. Let's get our guy in here. Slick, Slick, I know you're a Saturday guy, but we uh, did, you know, as the kids would say, turned up yesterday on Sunday. Hey, Slick Saturday, Slick Sunday, Slick season. It don't matter. We laid the smackdown on the Jets, and uh, what a victory Monday. Here we are. Seriously, victory Monday, and let's get it started. We're talking to super double aggro crag victory Monday, but let's start it with the Bills victory, obviously, yesterday. Um, you know, it was an interesting start. Uh, the defense obviously played a strong role. You have a great special teams play out of the gate there, but ultimately it was complimentary football. It was overall everyone on the team doing a little bit to get it done. It was. You know, we really saw different guys getting involved, uh, especially, too, I, I think you commented, uh, during your game analysis about the design run for Josh right off the rip, uh, you know, that's great to see. Took a bit to get a little slow start, maybe adjusting to the new play calling under Brady, but, you know, getting guys like Ty Johnson and Shakir involved, uh, it's just not something we've seen that often in past weeks, and uh, it looked good. It looked great. Obviously, now, a lot is being made of a Jets historical defense, historically bad uh, that is obviously we saw uh, Zach Wilson got a double demotion today. He went from the starter to to the third string. With that said, you know, do you look at this as like a huge win? I mean, obviously they lost to this team in week one. So to do that in division doesn't matter who it's against, doesn't matter how it happens. It is a win. But is it like, you know, is it kind of like a swagger back win or, you know, is it something to build on or is or is it just the Jets? I think in a way it's just the Jets, but it's definitely a confidence booster. You know, you don't just go beat any team uh, by 32 to six by all those points and then not keep that confidence rolling after victory, victory Monday going into practice, especially now where this AFC playoff picture is kind of opening up. You got two injuries to two major QBs in that hunt for us as well. The Chargers took a loss to the Packers yesterday. Obviously, Miami couldn't go down to give us another help division-wise. But that wild card picture is alive. And I think, Maniac, it was just uh, a week or two ago that you and I were talking about uh, division or bust. There might not be a wild card in picture. Yeah, division or bust. We were saying that we got a little help. We got a little non-help uh, as far as the overall picture went. But I think the one thing that everyone agrees on, I guess we're Jaguars fans for the next couple of weeks because I guess they're playing everyone, Texans, Browns, and Co. But I want to circle back. Obviously, uh, you said it kind of out of the gate. My live analysis, kind of just using my eyes and having a brain, basically. But with that said, we see it out the gate. Design runs. Do you think that this was a Dorsey thing where Dorsey wasn't running Josh? Because it seems like the first week with you know, Coach Joe at the helm, all of a sudden we got design runs with Josh at the wazoo and we're not afraid to plunge. I think Dorsey was quite conservative in his own right. And I wouldn't say that he maybe targeted completely taking away to the design runs, but he certainly uh, didn't have them in lots of frequency. And, you know, I think Coach Brady do doing that was trying to make a statement. Uh, it's obvious the coaches hear what the fans are saying. I think that's why Dorsey got fired when he did midday, the day after that Broncos lost. They listen to what the fans are saying. They know that some of Bill, some of Bill's mafia are a really knowledgeable fan base, and they see the things we're calling for. And it, you don't have to have a brain to realize that Josh Allen, with the design run, is an absolute unit, and it's going to get 
uh, 10 to 15 yards if he gets a, a block or two from his teammates. So I think that was Coach Brady making a statement, you know, giving the fans a little bit of what they wanted and saying, hey, I'm going to try and do everything I can to get this offense back to what it was. And that's an explosive football team that knows how to go down the field quickly. And at the end of the day, when you have a player like Josh Allen, you just have to execute. You just got to get the throw to Ty Johnson and fourth down. You, now hitting the seam route there or whatever route you want to call it with Khalil Shakir and him making the play after, that was incredible. But, I mean, again, I think a lot of people said in our pregame, uh, Slick, when we were at game day Buffalo, we were hanging out behind O'Neal's, you know, amazing food, great dance. We were all saying, just, like, let, unleash Josh. Basically, like, you know, let this guy be him. Let the dogs out. And, and can I, I, I do have to say, too, about that Shakir on that seam and then breaking path. Uh, Sauce Gardner, Khalil Shakir took all his sauce, took the bottle, and just dumped it upside down. It was probably a bottle of Josh's uh, hot sauce, too, <laughs> at that rate because, my God, he got burned, brother. He did, he did. Now, again, he would say I think he was in, like, zone or a corner on somebody else, and he just ended up near the play. But, he yeah, he, not only did he something. get burned – not only did he get burned, he, he again, he was jogging, and, and eventually he would have had a chance to make a big play if he was hustling slack. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure he just tweeted out, like, very recently, like, oh, you, you all don't know how defense works. Like, if I could have made a play on that ball, like, I, I would never let that happen. And it's like, dude, I mean, the proof is it film day is not going to be a good one for you guys at in New Jersey, I must say. Salah's not going to be too proud of that. But agreed. Uh, you know, it, it's behind us now. Thirty-two six Jets. It does feel good a divisional win, but like you um, brought it up in the first place, I think it is just the Jets. But it's huge for the morale of this team that's still fighting for a spot. Seriously, and morale can go a long way. Obviously, you want the team to be pumped. You want to be having a great time. Speaking of having a great time, before we bring in our guy Gatesy and have an even greater time talking the double victory Monday that was today and still is going on uh tailgate talk game day we had a little we had a little day slick i'm i'm telling you i think i think we kind of set the tone in that pregame i don't want to toot our own horns but buffalo food slot was at the head of it she was running the show we had our girl lauren we had built in buffalo there i mean we were just having a great time and it seemed like the vibes were immaculate even the jets fans were laughing at at some of the jokes we were throwing out there it was good. It was great. You know, uh, had Master John wasn't there, I was like, what the hell's going on? Uh, what's game day come to? But no, you know, Maddie BFS holding it down, not only with her vendor tent, the tailgate, keeping everyone accustomed as well. A uh, lot of good fun, a lot of good people there, seen some familiar faces. And, you know, I was telling someone, Maniac, the other day, uh, the one common theme that seems to happen with these game day tailgates is, they attract a lot of away fans, not a lot, but a handful of away fans each time. And, you know, that kind of makes more excitement for the tailgate. There's friendly banter. Uh, we have that spill the tea video that the people uh, will eventually see. And, you know, it's it's a great time. Good food. Mute bomb. Mute bomb. Yesterday was a t- was a blur, but that's on the timeline, courtesy of Gatesy. I know it was hard to remember. Oh, I know huge. I'm not I'm huge. not surprised that Slick missed that, given that he was I, given I, that he was running a, a dance party. He was running the dance floor. He was he was he was dropping Drake all over the place. Thank you to thank you to Gatesy because I was running around like a madman and I was yeah. Okay, cool. We are but, on yeah. top of things, believe it or not, here at Trainwreck. Oh, no, it, like we are like, but, you know, we're also in a service black hole there. And Gatesy, welcome on here. Obviously, sir. Happy double victory Monday to you. Hey, thank you for having me on. It's 
and fantastic victory uh, victory Monday to all. Seriously, greatest victory Monday of the season so far. I mean, I think the, I was looking at it. The only one that really would challenge it was after Miami. Though there were there were feelings of elation, three and one. I uh, just put up forty eight on Miami, hold them to twenty after that historic performance. But this just felt like you know when you combine new offensive coordinator, divisional game with a divisional pony you already lost to. And then you combine, you know, UPL and all the doubt that they had coming into the season about him and being on the road and how bad the Sabres have been on the road historically the last five to 10 years to get two wins in those situations. I think probably if you parlayed them, maybe would have been like what, maybe two and a half, three to one, three and a half to one or something around in that neighborhood. But just feels great to get those wins and obviously start off our week on a high note, gents. I mean, both these teams had their backs against the wall in terms of how fans felt about them. It felt like it was doom and gloom, must-win games in November for both teams. And they pulled through somehow, some way. And I think, I mean, I feel like the city of Buffalo did a complete 180 on both these teams after yesterday. Vibes are off the charts right now. I don't know what it was about that Sunday, but but we're back on this Monday. It's a brand new year. I would say that the Bills game was like a delicious meal and the Sabres game was just like a great dessert, like a big, you know, to me, like a big, great hot fudge Sunday suck. Uh, icing on the cake. I was uh, locked in the whole time, you know, down in OP. And when I uh, opened the ESPN app, walking out of the stadium, I was el- elated. I was like a kid in the candy store. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Speaking uh, of a, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. Speaking of a candy store, uh, you know, it's been awesome, obviously, working with one of our favorite companies locally, Labatt. We had, Gatesy drawing up the spill the TV. A lot of fun. Salah or Swift yesterday. We had a good time with that. But Gatesy, you were just getting warmed up. You were just getting on preheat for, for what was happening. So talk me through the thought process. What where like because you know, typically it's you know a one Buffalo account, it's the Buffalo Bills account, it's the Sabres doing this. But I think we dropped the bomb. I think you got to the one Buffalo win versus one Buffalo. Yeah. So basically I'm watching the Sabres game. We're in the third period. Vibes are still high from the Bills game elated Sabres game going back and forth. I'm not too angry with how things are going, but we're in the third period. I'm like, wait, the, the, the Sabres could win this game right now. And we'd have two Buffalo wins. This, this seems like a pretty monumental night. So I get to the drawing board, get the brain turning every direction. I think I can go pull up illustrator. Thankfully I'm taking an illustrator class this year. So I actually figured out what I was doing through the graphic together. Shout out to Adam. Shout out yeah, to education. Shout out. Adam. Shout, yeah. Mark Bender. Great teacher. Thank you. Uh, yeah, boy. got that all together, threw it out uh, online. Next thing I know, I cut a couple Sabres clips later. I look back on the timeline. Made a little bit. That, is how, that is how it always works. It's like if you ever look at it right out the gate, it never goes viral. It's always the ones you look away for a little bit. All of a sudden, you know, someone hit it and you're, and you're just popping. You know, It's always like, the interviews up. that Maniac accidentally takes in slow motion. So it's eight minutes instead uh, of listen, a one minute Listen, I, I have a proud history whether it's intern Gatesy and filming him on mute when he got Heinz Ward, or sorry, intern Vinny and, and filming on mute when he got Heinz Ward, or if it's uh, you and some other, but we felt we fixed it. Wait, we over, we overcame, we overcame. We did it. We overcame those uh, those obstacles. So speaking of overcoming obstacles, uh, you know, I mentioned it obviously at the top, Gatesy. I know you've kind of hammered this home. You've, I don't know if you've hopped on my bandwagon. I think we're on the bandwagon together. We were we were there the whole time. I, I think maybe I'm a little bit more vocal and a little bit outrageous about my support in defense of UPL. But yeah, I mean, you look at it. The only reason the Sabres are afloat at all right now is because of the performance of this guy uh, versus the expectation. 
Yeah, I think we've been banging the drum since last year that we're UPL guys. We get, we've got the merch to prove it. We've been hammering UPL as him. And granted, we've believed him all summer when he didn't get that support a lot elsewhere. And you look at the stats right now, He, I think he's earned the right to be the Sabres 1A. He's taken the reins the past couple of weeks. And he's been a calming presence when this team's had zero calming presence in general. There's been so much change, so much just variety in the lineup. I mean, last night they had 11 forwards, 7D. UPL was there, made the saves when he had to. Sabres got outshot. He was there, made the saves he had to make, and the Sabres walked away with two points. Much needed two points. Much needed. And then that Chicago Blackhawks team, too, so young and explosive. Like, that is a big win in the win column. And I do think UPL caught a bit of slack with how he ended the second half of the season last year. You know, you guys are on the trip, but you can't be perfect all the time. And then Levi comes in, everyone's hyped about this prospect, and he starts playing well. UPL kind of gets put on the back burner, and then here we go, fresh new season. UPL is reminding everybody that he is him, Devin Levi in the locker room or not. So I'm just very excited to have two very capable goalies, and UPL is still standing on his head this far through the season. Just because UPL's proving that he can be an episode one Obi-Wan, though, doesn't mean that, you know, we're, I'm throwing any shade or anyone on this brand is throwing any shade at Levi. I don't want no, to no, Levi's not trouble. At all. No, no, no. I, I just want to, I just want to transition to that because we are going to Levi talk. I mean, listen, we've all made our, you know, instances clear here on, on Oopy. But with that said, are you guys both? Are you guys? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Like trouble. Uh-oh. I think I can uh, figure out where Maniac was going here based on like future Levi talk. I I might be on board. I've, I've talked a bit online about this just based off the current Sabres, you know, roster setup and how Levi has been playing. I think Saber Metrics said this pretty well. It might be time for Levi to have a couple garbage plates in the next oh. week. I think it's time have a couple. Just get the confidence back. I mean, goaltending is such a position where you need that that juice, that that it factor. You look at the past couple of games. I mean, the Sabres have played poorly in front of him, but we are missing that that edge that he had at the end of last season with the back against the wall being that guy. And the Sabres have, you know, UPL has been playing great. Comrie's looked good. It's, the lineup right now is just kind of crazy in general. I think it's okay to send him there, get some get some games under his, his belt because the Sabres have three goaltenders right now. When you, when you have young goaltenders, get him some games, see what happens. But Slick, uh, what are your thoughts on on this rambling I'm doing? I no, I agree with you. Um. I mean, I, I don't think it'd be a popular decision from some of the fans that are still, like, backing Levi. But, you know, it can't hurt. Like, he's fresh into the NHL. Like, we were just saying, his first playing time in the NHL, you just said his back was against the wall. And, you know, like, he stepped up big in that moment. Now the stakes are a little less high. Um, you don't have that same intensity, thought process going into each game. Uh, especially when you have expectations that are so high coming in. And like you said, Comrie's been playing well too. Uh, UPL and Comrie, I'm comfortable with. And if Levi needs a couple games in Rochester, that's fine by me, so long as it doesn't cause tension amongst the organization, um, which I don't think it would because I think Levi's a very humble guy. I think he understands, and he's still young. He just needs some more games under his belt, and that would be a great help for him. Now I was kind of kind. Am I off the mute monster? I, I slapped You're my good, yeah. I, I slapped my wire out of my out of my microphone. Uh, but yeah, I was kind that's of kind. That's just how you felt. That's just I was kind felt. of kind on Levi before, but I will say that it's a fact that 50 days ago, the idea of Levi having to go down to Rochester would have been like disaster, like disaster, disaster, disaster. So 
I am glad that Upi and Comrie have kind of held serve. And I guess if the Sabres long-term view, like I don't think that sending him down to Rochester would be a move to like target him for 24, 25. I think it's a move to target him to get his confidence back and get him back in like late December, early January, February, somewhere in that range. So I'm totally for it. Uh, if you think that you can coach him up, I think of, Kevin Adams and Don Granado's Rochester a little bit different. I think of past Rochester's we've sent Tage down. We've sent, you know, Middlestat down. We, you know, Paterka, uh, you know, was a guy who was a cousins. Was it like, those are guys, those are guys where they were talking about, you know, or like get them up or get them down, et cetera. And they ended up making the right decisions there. So with that said, I have confidence that, you know, Devin Levi was thrown in the fire right away. Uh, so I don't think it's any fault of, of anyone's that, you know, if he's struggling early or anything like that, he's still historically young. Uh, there's plenty of time for him. So whatever they do, I'll trust is the right decision. I just think it is a little crazy to be having that talk. It feels like given the expectations going into the year, but I digress. Anything else? Well, I, th- favors I there? think those ex- expectations though, partially come from, like we said, how well he finished last season when he just came, got shot out of a cannon right into the league. Um, so maybe a bit unfair, but I don't know. I think, um, you know, people just got to realize kids young. He's 22. And I, I think one last Sabres talk before we do move on. There was a great blog post today on trainwrecksports.com. Give it a read. Great blog. I, yeah. Yeah. Dare I, talk I about say it was. This week is for the Sabres in terms of just the rest of the season. Zach Benson's currently at eight games played. If he gets to 10, he's going to burn that first year of his ELC. And I think, Based on the way he's played, he's deserved to stay in Buffalo. If the Sabres send him back to the WHL, I think they're punting on the season. Like, I don't know why you'd get rid yeah, of Yeah, where it gains me, the juice. I, I want to put your feet to the fire because this kind of ties into Benson. This ties into the younger guys. You know, you love them. They're, they're tied into your heart and you get it, but you're Oak Posos and you're Gergensons. Can we really afford to be putting those guys out there when it seems like offensive like output is so scarce? I'm fine with those guys. Like, I, I'm a firm believer you do need that fourth-line checking role. Um, and I don't want, you know, Kulik, Rose, and Benson playing fourth-line minutes. I, I don't think that's impactful for them or the team. It's not what the team needs. But right now, I think the team's third line is atrocious. I think last night it was Krebs, Greenway, and Olison. It's not clicking. And I, I there are guys on that line that, that get a bunch of hate, you know, on Twitter for that. And I think a lot of it – is warranted in some of that aspects. And I think there's some guys in Rochester, Kulik, Rosean, Quinn's coming back soon, who would be a good jolt of, you know, energy to the Sabres lineup. You look at Ryan Johnson getting brought in. He rejuvenated the decor. He's so much fun to watch. Give the kids a chance. Like right now, the team's a little below 500. See what happens. Make some magic happen. And I, I'm down for giving these kids a shot. Yeah, 100%. I, with Giant Johnson with the huge goal last night. Um, and as well, uh, Benson, thoughts on him. I think he's a stud. Like you said, Gatesy, I think if you if you send him back, uh, there's a lot of questions being asked as to why he made the roster initially because performance training camp looked great, preseason looked great. There's a reason you put that young guy on your roster. And, um, yeah, I, I, listen, I always saw the hate about Victor Olofsson. And was I was always like, okay, people are being a bit hard on him. He's not that bad. He always gets like a timely goal every now and then that gets the fans hyped. I think back to that OT winner last year, that one-timer electric. But the past couple games, I know he scored recently, but I'm I'm starting to understand where Sabres Twitter is coming from. And that's a, that's a lot coming from me because Sabres Twitter can be unhinged. 
but I may see that they may have a point in some aspects about Mr. Victor Olson. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. I mean, it's it's power player bust with Olsen, and it doesn't help his case, uh, Gatesy, as we kind of put a bookend on the Sabres side. That his only performance this year was basically when the team was down 5 nothing. Correct. Yeah. All right. <laughs> not, nothing more to be said. All right. Well, hey, well, we've talked about Ol- Olsen's house. Let's talk about Swerve's house. Uh, outside of it being the main event in the championship, I think Swerve and Hangman had the match of the night slick. I don't think it's a debate. I still do have to see the Christian match. I haven't seen it yet, so I will say that. You know, it's been a busy weekend. It went Saturday night right into, you know, all day at game day tailgate yesterday and basically recovery uh, Buffalo today. Uh, with that said, you know, I, I didn't hate as much on the main event as some of our members of our Wrestling with Emotion chat set did, but uh, what were your guys' uh, thoughts on the event, uh, you know, in its entirety? You want to start, Katie? Yeah, I mean, I I love the storytelling that AEW's been doing with MJF throughout this whole arc with him being champion and him coming back, you know, with that that leg injury, I think tells a great story. Unfortunately, it does come at, you know, some of the hurt of Switchblade. Um, but I don't think it's to the detriment that a lot of people are talking about. MJF had the help of Cole there. It got a little funky, but you know, I, I think it is okay. Switchblades looked great this entire run. He's just such a good performer. I, I he's gonna bounce back from this. You just I, he's not the guy to take the belt off MJF. I think Slick has the right guy in mind coming up on who who that guy should be. But I want to hear your thoughts, Slick. Yeah, I think if, in in terms of that we all do. Just yeah, Jay White. I don't think he got too big a short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe MJF could have used a little more of his heel style antics to win this Agreed. match. Uh, given the circumstances, but you know, obviously he's the most over, he's our scumbag right now. So it's hard to make him do too many dirty things, but right off the rip, this show, uh, LA Kia forum, I gotta say the theatrics were unbelievable. I'm not going to spoil it for maniac, but the first person you were, you were popping big time for that match. I'm going to watch it right after the first person to come out was Christian. And let me just say what they did for his entrance is just mind blowingly funny. And there are so there, like, I wouldn't say it's a comedy style wrestling match because of like the legends you have, but it's like cinematic almost. Yes. There are points where like jokes make sense about what someone is doing in the match, especially because it's a six man tag and there's so much going on, but overall, I really enjoyed the show. I was glad given all the speculation about the signing and who it might be and who it might not be that Osprey did get the pop. He did because I don't know about you boys. I think he's one of the top three wrestlers in the world right now. I, I so. just think the only reason it, the wind were out of that sail a little bit uh, was because he's been on AEW TV before. I think people always look for a fresh face like, oh, my God, who could it be surprised? And I think people tone it down because of that. Now, with that said, if we're getting Will Ospreay, you know, three out of four weeks a month on AEW free television, like sign me up. That's going to be incredible, bro. Yeah. Uh, yeah, bruv. I, I need one of those shirts that just says bruv on it. Exactly. Uh, I'm all elite, bruv, was one of the best lines in AEW history. But I agree, like, the win may get, get taken out of the sales. But at the end of the day, you just locked up Will Ospreay before his contract with NJPW is even up. Like, uh, Triple H is stomping on the floor right uh, that, now. That's what I'm saying. I always feel like the WWE Illuminati 
gets to these like storylines and they're like, oh, who cares that it's Osprey when like they were the ones that wanted Osprey the whole time. They wanted Jay White too. And exactly. Just, yeah, Con, like, Tony's two for two on Nick. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Jolly old Saint Nick, as Maxwell would would say. So on that uh, thing, because you know we've covered a lot of the top matches. I know you don't want to get this twice. Uh, Swerve Hangman. Um, a lot of people are obviously giving this match a lot of acclaim. Swerve, you know, is, is fully over at this point. Uh, the Mogul Embassy is just an amazing faction. Uh, it's full of personalities. Like, Prince Nana can go through a table. You know, like, he can get a dead eye through a table. And, like, like the fact that he tried to dance his way out of it was hysterical. But, uh, uh, oh but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, just a really good show. AW, you know, it's moving in the right direction. And again, mm-hmm. like we've been saying for probably the last 18 months now uh, on Wrestling With Emotion, great time to be a wrestling fan. Uh, speaking of which, on that note, by the way, I want to wrap around. What do you think of the rumors that MJF is quietly resigned? I think and he that has. the bidding war of 2024 is no more. I think he has. And Maniac, you actually brought this up. I, I don't know if it exactly goes down like this, but the World's End pay-per-view just happens to conveniently be two days before the new year. And... Maxwell is supposedly a free agent in 2024. I think there's going to be some sort of jacanery, whether it involves that Continental Classic or like you suggested, like, uh, um, what's it called? Gauntlet match. Well, the gauntlet match would be sick because it, it makes sense. He's been taking on more challenges. And again, I read that on some Reddit like thread, so I don't want to take credit, but he's also got like six challengers at this point who are like, Basically right. saying they're the next person. So. so so I think they do it like casino style, like they do with some of the ladder matches. And the jo- they do a joker as the last competitor if there was a gauntlet match, per se. And that joker is the devil. And the devil is Adam Cole, baby. And Adam Cole beats MJF at the Kali on Long Island two days before his contract is up. And he disappears for three months and then comes back because he's already signed under contract. He just wants a vacation. True. Well, yeah. And I mean, not to mention, he's been working basically nonstop for the last three years. Like, let's face it, he kind of earned a little time up there. Gatesy, thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I think this is wrestling's worst kept secret since, you know, CM Punk returning or coming to AEW. Like, I feel like it's obviously something, you know, speculatory, but I feel like also we've been talking about this for a while that he's got to resign. Like, he's already. The, the amount of, you know, eggs they put in his basket and how much he's just taken and run with it. And he just seems like an AEW guy. You look at the press conferences after you know, all these pay-per-views. He was crying. Crying. He's, he's crying talking AEW. about AEW. Yeah. And I, I he he's just a guy that, you know, lives and breathes pro wrestling. Kayfabe, like, there's no there's no divide. He is MJF, it feels like, 24-7. And I think he's, he's just building on this, always working, always working. And I, I think he's just an AEW guy for life. Are we, are we, are we still More working? Life. Are we still working? What are the current live odds that Adam Cole's the devil? Um, I think we're closer to like minus three fifty now live odds, even though it's at minus a thousand in my book. Minus a thousand in your book. I, Slick. I was saying it the day of all the marks in the, in the wrestling with emotion chat were like, Foot surgery, foot surgery. What? How long I mean, are we waiting for I this mean, foot surgery? I, mean, I, th- I think we all shut the door on that uh, the other night when when he was just like, "Yeah, I'll wrestle if I have to." Like, 
like, you think Tony Khan's gonna let him do that after AW, this horrific every, injury? Every, of his? Everyone in the storyline just has injuries, but but they're completely unaffected whenever they want to when it like just wrestle. If I had to put odds on it, 350 is like probably more accurate, but I'd say like minus 250. I'm still thinking there could be a wild card. I'm really hoping for that wild card. What? What? Did you wow. guys hear that? I, yeah, I, I could read your lips. Oh, and I, uh, sorry, I sorry. No, 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 that didn't happen. You know, like a Jack Perry or a Britt Baker. Yeah, yeah, Jack Perry. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If it's Jack Perry. Uh, to quote the Ernie Green, the crowd goes mild. Yeah. Ride me a river. Yeah, I. The more I think about like Adam Cole, the more I like it, just because his best work in his career has been a heel, and we really haven't seen that like just terrible aspect of him since he's really been AEW because the crowd just loves him. And I think the only way to get the crowd to turn on Adam Cole is to turn on MJF because what MJF has going on is just the on best. Long Island. Yeah, on Long Island, like. So, we're that must see TV. What do you do for the devil entrance? Does he come out with the devil theme, stand on the stage, and then and then Bebe hits? He comes the same way that MJF did with the Rolling Stones song, and then he takes the, he takes the mask off, facing with his back to the crowd, and then the Bebe hits, and he goes like. Boom. <laughs> ridiculous that would be that would be theater for sure D- D- tony fucking hire me dude i mean all your get boys, him tony all, all your, bo- all, your boys lo- all your boys love me already it's, it's speaking of, speaking of looking for reinforcements are, are we getting uh are we getting i have horses in my head they call to me they understand they call to me yeah i mean I, we're get- we're getting him. I don't know about tonight, and I I kind of hope it's not tonight because I want. Kinda, I think you what they want people to tune in though, and then saying like, "Oh, they're gonna have a mystery one night of. They're gonna miss out. They're Viper's coming out, Slack. Come on, tonight. Yes, if he's coming I, but, out, if he's dude, coming out for Survivor Series, he's coming out tonight to promo it. Here's the thing: like, if you bring him out tonight and not Survivor Series. After that's already out of the way, done and dusted, everyone's just going to be focused on if CM Punk's showing up. It's Chicago. Like, if you give them the surprise, they're going to fucking forget about Punk during the show. Not forget. It is is Chicago. But if you give Randy away, then they're going to just be chanting that Pepsi Phil's name all night. Yeah, they will be chanting Pepsi Phil's name. That's going to happen no matter what, Gatesy. That's true. And I mean, I think the last thing WWE wants is for that Chicago crowd to hijack the show with uh, Mr. Pepsi Phil. Um, so I think they're going to do whatever you, those... they can to lower expectations and not have that happen the night of. Those Chicago crowds are pretty good at hijacking shows. I was there when they started the meat chant, and uh, I I was speechless. It, it was just incredible. Seriously, big meaty men slap meat. Uh, sign outs and shout outs. We got Thanksgiving this weekend, obviously coming up. Uh, Bills are not playing on Thanksgiving. We'll be at Rec Room, I believe. We'll be on standby for that for a watch party, a block party. We'll see. Uh, you know, we get kind of last minute heads up about those things. Be at Sports City maybe for a Sabres game soon. It's like maybe this Saturday or something. Yeah, there there are rumors swirling that there's uh, something coming up. Oh, there is. That might be announced in the near future. You guys should stay tuned. It's beginning to look a lot. Uh, 
Okay. And yeah. uh, folks, make sure you're following everything. Make sure you're following on all the platforms later, Slick. Apple, Spotify, Spotify, YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. My make game. sure you're following trainwrecksports.com for daily articles and content going there. Because this train ain't stopping, folks. We are just getting into busy season and we are riding off the single greatest victory Monday of 2023. So ride that momentum with us. Make sure you're following our panel, Gatesy35, Slick L, myself, Zach Sheldon, and make sure to have a good night now. Good night now.